This is the American Association of Orthodontists, the Business of Orthodontics podcast, episode three. Welcome. I'm Pam Paladin. Guests for today's podcast are Elizabeth Franklin, the claims manager for the AAO Insurance Company, and Kevin Dillard, the AAO's general counsel. Liz will be discussing the pros and cons of orthodontic fee refunds. But first, Kevin will discuss what, in his experience, are four of the biggest red flags in treatment. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Pam. Uh, tell us, you, you have four main concerns based on your conversations with members. What are those? Pam, I think you could boil most of the legal issues that come to our office down to four things, like you said. And these are the things that orthodontists should look for. Number one, I would say probably 90% of the calls that I get from orthodontists who are in distress over a patient, they don't know what to do. They're, they're, they're kind of in a conundrum. They want to know if it's uh, the time to terminate the treatment because of uh, any number of things. Almost all of those doctors, like I said, 90% will say at some point during that conversation, you know, I just had a bad feeling about this patient when they first walked in the door or when I was going through the initial exam or the patient, the, the, the parents of the patient were um, doing something or asking questions that set off red flags in my mind. And I guess what I would say to that is just listen to your instinct. And when you have a patient or a parent who is doing something that is causing you to question whether you should take that patient, think twice think three times, think very carefully about actually accepting that patient. The second big red flag is, and this happens uh, both with minor children vis-a-vis the parents and also with adult patients, is when the patients or the parents of the patient try to dictate the treatment. You've presented a, a treatment plan to either the patients or the, uh, the, the parents of the patients. They've accepted the treatment plan. You are the expert. You are the one who has the education and the expertise to know exactly how to move the teeth and create the best result for that patient. When you have patients who bring in magazine pictures or, or something like that as celebrities and they want uh, their child to look like this or they want to look like that and they're trying to tell you how they want their teeth moved, big red flag, you've got to shut that down right there and say, with all due respect, I'm the expert, I'm the one who's responsible for the treatment plan and I know what is best, the best way to achieve the best result for you. The third biggest uh, source of risk that I see with doctors who call in is how they handle missed appointments. And I take a pretty hard line with missed appointments. Now, there's a lot of nuance to this, and I'm sure Liz might get into to some of this, in the types of cases that you can be conservative versus liberal with in terms of being very hard about missed appointments. But I typically say, and if they miss two or three appointments in a row, I think a, a letter needs to go to that patient via USPS, uh, certified, return receipt requested, via email, via any other way you know how to communicate with that patient. And that letter will basically say this. You've missed two or three appointments. As you know, orthodontic, is te- orthodontic treatment is teamwork. It takes active oversight of an orthodontist to achieve your best result. We can't do that if you are missing those appointments. If you do not respond to this letter and call our office within, you know, however many days, 14 days is probably reasonable to schedule a follow-up appointment. We are going to begin the termination process of you as a patient because we cannot be held responsible for a treatment outcome that we can't oversee because you are being uh, uncooperative with the treatment. The fourth thing, Pam, that I see crop up very often 
is what to do with belligerent patients or belligerent parents. You have a parent or even a grandparent sometimes who comes in and and they yell at staff or they verbally abuse you. They are not happy with anything and you just can't make them happy. I think that's one of those situations where you just have to take a pretty hard line and you have to say, this is my office, it is private property, and I am not going to tolerate my staff or myself being treated with this level of disrespect. And you just, I mean, there's no other way around the confrontation. I know confrontation is difficult, but in those cases, it's better to confront the problem than let it fester and cause problems with your staff. Kevin, you mentioned that you take a hard line when it comes to missed appointments. Why is that? Pam, this relates back to the doctor-patient relationship. And like I said, orthodontics is teamwork. It takes cooperation on the parent's part. If it's a minor child on the patient's part, if they're an adult, they have to maintain good hygiene. They have to maintain appointments so that the orthodontic specialist can see and monitor the treatment and adjust the treatment plan if necessary. If you have a patient who goes more than two or three months without treatment, and it is not uncommon, unfortunately, for me to hear about patients who walk back into an office a year after they last saw the orthodontist. The orthodontist never sent termination paperwork. They never communicated to the patient other than appointment reminders. And what happens is, often, these patients walk back in and they've had bad hygiene problems and now they have maybe enamel deficiencies, they have gum problems, or even more serious issues because they haven't been seen by anybody in over a year. And because that termination paperwork was never adequately even pondered in that case or adequately sent to them, the orthodontist is still the doctor of record. And the orthodontist owns all of those problems, to to put it in, in a certain way, because now that patient is still the patient of the doctor and they've got to make sure that that patient's health is taken care of. Whereas if they had, after the second or third appointment, started that termination process and notified the patient that they're going to terminate after that second or third missed appointment. And if they don't hear from that patient, they send the termination paperwork in all of the appropriate ways. Then when that patient shows back up a year from now, if they do, or even longer than that in some cases, the orthodontist has a choice. They can say, I'm sorry, we terminated your treatment a year ago or eight months ago or whatever the case may be. Or they can say, you know, come in and we'll take a look. But taking a look at you does not re- start the doctor-patient relationship. So it's all about the options. You don't want to own those problems if you are not actively monitoring the problems. If this happens, is this something that people should be discussing with their practice attorneys as to what action to take and when? I think so. And it depends upon the, again, it's a case-by-case basis like we talked about. Depends upon the severity of the problems. I guess it is possible, Pam, that you could have a patient that you haven't seen in a year show it back up and you can take a look at that patient and see not many problems. Again, the problem is you haven't been able to monitor their oral health over the last month, which is one of the more important things, of course, as as AO members would know, of routine checkups. They can monitor the oral health and, and see problems that might crop up that would dictate a change in the treatment plan. So you're, you're, you may safely be able to restart treatment, so to speak, or take back up where you left off, but you don't really know what happened in that interim time since you last saw them. At what point, Kevin, do they call you for assistance? Usually when they get into one of these problems and, and they haven't followed one of these four general rules, they call and they, they need to know what they do, what, what they can do. Because there are a lot of patient abandonment laws and ethics rules that determine when a patient can be terminated and what the rights of the orthodontist are in doing so. Kevin, is it fair to say that each of these cases should be judged on its own merits on a case-by-case basis? I think that's fair to say. I think there are some general rules, but... Generally, when it comes down to it, every case is different, and with with a few exceptions, 
the health of the patient needs to be paramount. The health of the patient comes before payment. It comes before uh, minor inconveniences when it comes to belligerent behavior and that kind of thing. The bottom line is you will always be doing the right thing. And it will be hard to judge you either in a court of law or before a state dental board as doing something you shouldn't have done if you are truly putting the health of the patient before almost everything else. And when I say almost everything else, I mean, you've got to put that in terms of when it becomes when the belligerence of the parent or the patients or the missed appointments start putting the health of the patient in jeopardy. That's when you have to step in and say your behavior or your missed appointments is putting in jeopardy your health. That sounds great. Uh, Sometimes, though, uh, as we're going to talk with Liz Franklin momentarily, one solution might be ending the relationship with the patient and refunding the fee. We will take a short break and be back with Liz to discuss the pros and cons of orthodontic fee refunds. What makes me smile? Cheeseburgers make me smile. My kids make me smile. And I like to smile, thanks to my orthodontist. My dentist said go to a specialist. Orthodontists have the training, the experience, and the treatment options like clear aligners and braces. For my best smile. Now, my smile makes me smile. For your best smile, find an AAO orthodontist at mylifemysmile.org. The American Association of Orthodontists. Welcome back to Episode 3 of the Business of Orthodontics podcast. I'm Pam Paladin with Liz Franklin, the claims manager for the AAO Insurance Company. Our discussion is on the pros and cons of orthodontic fee refunds. Liz, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Liz, uh, can you tell us why you chose the topic of pros and cons of orthodontic fee refunds? We probably receive at least one, if not more, calls per week from doctors asking about fee refunds, whether they're uh, a good thing to do or not a good thing to do in the case of a problem with a patient. So it's a topic that's very important to many orthodontists and... uh, I like to say to them that um, a fee refund should be considered a business decision on the whole. It is not um, it is not an admission of liability under many circumstances, but I always say consider each case on its own merits because there are some patients who might interpret a fee refund as an admission of liability. And there might be some treatment situations where it wouldn't be of benefit to the problem developing between the doctor and the patient to offer a fee refund. What kinds of uh, circumstances might a patient suggest to an orthodontist that uh, they would like to have a refund for, for their treatment? Very often, if a patient is becoming dissatisfied with the treatment, with the office, with the doctor, with the staff, they might ask for a refund of fees and say, I'd like to go somewhere else. But in all situations, it's not always the patient asking for the fee refund. In some situations, it might be the doctor who wants to give the patient a fee refund and ask them to leave. And that's okay for the doctor to do? It just depends on the situation and and the patient and, the, and how, how the treatment is going. The most important thing is that uh, the doctor consider the treatment as it is at the time, whether or not 
uh, the treatment can stop, or consider the nature of the disagreement between the patient and the doctor. The doctor does not have to tolerate improper treatment, and if that's taking place, uh, then it's appropriate to try to see if there's some way they can agree on the treatment stopping, and it, it might be good to offer a fee refund in that situation. So I'm an orthodontist. A patient has come to me and requested a refund of their treatment fee. How is the orthodontist should I respond? That's a good question. Uh, how many doctors would ask that question. And I think that the appropriate thing to do is to try to understand very clearly why it is that the patient is asking for this fee refund. What the nature of the disagreement is, is there actually a problem developing with the treatment? Or is it uh, a situation where the patient just has difficulty staying with one doctor or there's something about the office that's making them uncomfortable? And then I usually recommend take it under advisement and then get some time to think about it. Call us in our office. We're happy to talk about every situation with every orthodontist that calls in. And, and then we can kind of coach too on how to work your way through the process and, and, and how to do the actual fee refund if it's decided that that might be the, the biggest advantage. I'd, I'd like to just mention a couple of advantages to fee refunds. One is that if a doctor refunds fees, that does not have to be reported to the National Practitioner Data Bank. As a professional liability insurer, every claim we settle uh, or every verdict that comes from a trial on a litigated case has to be reported to the National Practitioner Data Bank. And many doctors are reluctant to have their name in that repository. So that being the case, if you can solve a problem with a patient by a fee refund that doesn't have to be reported to the data bank, that is one good way to do it. Another advantage is I often think that that's all the patient wants. The patient's a little bit disgruntled. They want to stop treatment. Maybe they didn't like treatment after all, or they want to go somewhere else. That's all they want. Give them the fee refund. If, if it doesn't look like that'll be negative, and uh, that may be the end of it. I've certainly handled a number of claims where the doctor refused to refund fees, and then all of a sudden the patient is making a malpractice claim against the doctor. The other element is uh, maybe not a malpractice claim, but a dental board complaint. Patients can make dental board complaints, and the dental board uh, does deal with fees. Dental boards, as a matter of fact, have a tendency, even if the doctor's not at fault, to adjudicate in favor of the patient with a fee refund. That's the most they can do other than reprimands and issues with licenses and that type of thing. So if you are not interested in being the subject of a malpractice claim, which can last a long time. How long? Uh, the smallest claims can be six months to a year. Uh, I've had litigated cases that have lasted five years in certain states. Liz, it seems like we have to separate the business decision from the emotional decision. Um, I, how do you do that? How do, how do people decide this is this is right for my business this is right for my patient i still have put in a lot of work to get this patient to the point that they're in now how do you how do you come to terms with all that 
That's a very good question and very difficult question for doctors. We all work for money. We all need money. And some of these patients who are asking for fee refunds are not doing it appropriately, not not doing it out of real need or out of the fact that something is really wrong. I find that there's some element of entitlement among some patients and you might be encountering a patient just like that who's trying to get their money back, and maybe they do this all over town. I don't know. But, uh, but I think what you have to do is consider the entire situation, consider the treatment, consider the patient, consider what's going on between you and the patient, between you and your staff and the patient, uh, and consider the alternative. If this patient files a dental board complaint against me, do I want to respond to that? Do I want to send in all my records? Do I want to call the insurer and report it to them? If they make a claim against me, do I want to call the insurer and deal with them and have them handle this? And if there is a finding against me, then I will have A, a claim on my record, and B, perhaps a National Practitioner Data Bank report filed. Is it worth that to you? Because let me tell you, all of these issues, the claims and the dental board complaints, litigation particularly, cause doctors a significant amount of stress. I hear that every day. I have every day for the 15 years that I've been doing this. So you need to understand what you're going to be possibly faced with if you don't refund fees. So call our office and talk to us. We'll help you see the negative side of this, and we can also help you work through the positive side of it. What if I'm not insured with AAO insurance? Can I call you? You can still call. When the decision has been made to refund a fee, who actually handles that in the office? Is is it the orthodontist or is it the orthodontist staff member? The orthodontist is the person who has the relationship with the patient, the primary relationship. And generally speaking, I would think activities involving that patient should be handled by the orthodontist. So if you're offering a fee refund, I believe it should be the orthodontist. Now, have I had orthodontists tell me that they're very uncomfortable talking to patients and they have a very effective office manager or treatment coordinator or someone who's used to doing that sort of activity. Indeed, I have heard of that and that is, I gather, probably an okay thing for that person to do. But generally speaking, I think it should be the doctor who handles it and it should not be delegated to a staff person. Is this something that should be done in person? It can be done by phone. It can be done in person. It just depends on the relationship with the doctor with the problem. Um, There's no set rule on that. Often I think that if there's a major problem going on, it's better to discuss these while the patient's in the office. And I would take them perhaps into a private space and talk about it instead of in front of other patients, maybe in the next treatment chair. So now, as the orthodontist, I've decided that I'm going to refund a patient's treatment fee. Do I have to refund the entire fee, or is this negotiable? Refund of fees is totally negotiable. Let me just talk about the entire process. Let's say you've decided you want to refund the fees. Um, You can refund anywhere from $1 to the entire fee. 
So the patient has asked for a refund of the entire fee, which will cost $6,000. As I say, you can refund any amount from $1 up to the $6,000. Just because the patient is asking for $6,000 does not mean that's the expectation. One thing I always do say is if you don't ask, you don't get. So the patient has the right to ask for as much as they want to. And some patients will probably stick to that demand. But I tell the doctors, you sit there and look at your situation and decide how much you feel that you're willing to refund. And if that amount is, say, one half, then set your final goal as the $3,000 or the one half. But the first offer Try not to offer the full amount. You want to negotiate this up because patients tend to like to have the last word. They, they kind of want to feel like they've gotten you up just a little bit more. So I might say that if you think you'll offer half, you could offer a fourth to begin with. And you could say to them, you know, I have reviewed your records. I've looked at your treatment. There was no practice below the standard of care. But I realize that you're unhappy and that you want to go somewhere else and that you're going to incur some costs in doing so. And I like you. I enjoyed treating you. I want to facilitate your moving on. So I am willing to refund $2,500, however much you've decided. Then the patient comes back and says, nope, I want the 6000 Then at that point, you can say, well, let me think about it a little bit further and I'll get back to you. And then you can part ways, call me back if you need to, and then buy a little bit more time and then call them back. And then finally, you might say, I've reviewed it again. And I do understand that you are asking for $6,000. I am unable to refund that much, but I will refund uh, 50%. I will have to ask you to sign a release if I do give you back fees. The release will say that this is a confidential agreement, that you can't go down the street and talk about it to all your neighbors. Uh, it's not an admission of liability, and you can't bring any civil action or make any website complaints or other dental board complaints against me. And people will sign this? Many people will sign it. There are sometimes people who will not sign it. And very often, the people who will not sign it are the people who honestly think they may have a problem. For instance, there may be a case where some root resorption has developed during the treatment, and they're not really sure in their minds how serious the problem is, but they want to leave this office and go somewhere else. And in a case like that, I might recommend to the doctor, if you can't get that that release signed, it's okay to go ahead and give them back the money. Write them a check, take a picture of the check. If we have to go into court and say to the judge, look, Your Honor, we were good guys. We gave back the money. We've got the evidence of that. So in most situations, I recommend that there be a release signed. But there might be a case now and then where that won't work out too well, and it's fine to go ahead without it. So I'm an orthodontist. I've decided to terminate treatment with a patient. I'm going to refund at least a portion of the fee. But the patient is wearing a fixed appliance. 
as the orthodontist, should I be removing that fixed appliance? If you're terminating treatment, I would like to see those appliances come off. They're your appliances, and even though you're going to formally terminate treatment, they still point back to you. If the patient does not want the appliances removed, won't have the appliances removed, then give them uh, something in writing that says, it is inappropriate to be in appliances unless you're under the active supervision of an orthodontist and you need to choose another orthodontist immediately uh, to continue your treatment. If you would like for me to, to remove the appliances, make an appointment with my staff, we'll remove the appliances, give you a retainer to preserve the progress to date, and uh, that will be the end of it. Is the orthodontist at all obligated to help the patient find a new orthodontist? I think that's going to depend on the relationship that you have with the patient at the time that this process is, this uh, relationship is coming to a close. I usually recommend that if you're going to make any kind of recommendation of other orthodontists, you can refer them to the AAO list, you can refer them to the state dental board, or if you'd want to give them a list of three or four orthodontists in the area, that's fine. It's best not to refer to a single orthodontist because if the relationship doesn't work out, then that can end up back in your lap too. Liz, you talked about the uh, the release form. Is that available on aaoinfo.org? Yes, it is. And specifically, again, what all does it say? It says uh, this is not an admission of liability. It spells out the amount of the fee refund. If you fill it out correctly, you've got the full fee, you've got the amount of the fee refund, you can break it down to uh, an adult patient or a child, and then it says this is not an admission of liability, this is a confidential agreement, and you won't be bringing any civil action against me, and we've added in internet complaint sites and regulatory complaints. So you mentioned social media, that's kind of a, a new wrinkle in things these days. It's a very big wrinkle, as a matter of fact. We're finding that releases are becoming more difficult to have signed by patients because patients want the right to either go on social media or complaint sites and make comments. And of course, doctors are the antithesis of that. They want something that will keep patients off of those sites. So it's becoming a bigger problem than it had been in the past. So Liz, can you do a summary for us? The, the circumstances that, that occur when people ask for a refund, is it a bad thing? Where do they go for advice? Well, just remember that if a patient asks you for a fee refund and you're uncertain whether it's the right thing to do in a certain circumstance, you can call our office and we're happy to talk to you about it. I tell you all, fee refunds are not bad things. They should be used as a business decision. They, they should be used as public relations tool for your practice. You like happy customers. This customer is not happy. You want to facilitate them going somewhere else where they feel like they can be happier. So you're going to give them a fee refund. But do it in a very controlled fashion. And you're going to state as you do it, this, this is not an admission of liability. I looked at my records. There's no problem with your treatment. But because I liked you as a patient and because I want a happy customers, I'm going to refund some of your fee. And by the way, please sign this release form. Right. 
And that's a wrap for Episode 3 of the AAO's The Business of Orthodontics podcast. Thanks to Liz Franklin, Claims Manager for the AAO Insurance Company, and Kevin Dillard, AAO's General Counsel. Join us for future podcasts as AAO experts explore questions and issues that are important to you in your orthodontic practice. If you have subject areas you'd like discussed on a future podcast, please email those to info at aaortho.org or call 800-424-2841. This is Pam Paladin. Thanks for listening to the Business of Orthodontics podcast, Episode 3.